Welcome to another episode of She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast. How are you guys doing? I hope you're well. I, to be honest with you, am in a bit of a pickle. I've got good and bad kind of going on at the moment. Good thing is I'm super excited about going to some festivals this year. I've been organising that and I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to be going to Camp Quirky in May as a volunteer so I'm really excited about that. I've never been there before and I just love going to these events so that is really exciting so I can't wait to go to that. I'm also going to be going to the Van Life Feats Big Picnic this year as well which is going to be amazing as usual so that's really exciting and hopefully I'm going to be going to the Adventure Overland show as well. I've actually started listing events on my website she's at the wheel.com so if you fancy having a look on there i've just started writing down some of the bigger events and if you can think of any more please do send me an email another thing which is really exciting on the same kind of subject is i've just started talking with other women in vans about potentially running some small female only van life events over weekends this year maybe so if you're listening to this and that is something that you might like to get involved in or that you might like to attend do send me an email and I can put you on the waiting list so if you want to write to me for any reason at all it's she's at the wheel at gmail.com and yeah it'd be really exciting to talk to anyone that's interested in doing that some other really exciting news is in the next few weeks i'm going to be doing a massive giveaway if you like cooking in your van then please do tune in and pay attention because i'm going to be giving away omnia oven with loads of accessories and i'm also going to be giving away two different ridge monkeys as well so keep your ears open for that coming up in the next few weeks the bad thing for me right now is after going off and having an amazing trip all around the uk in my van i'm now back in my hometown in my really shitty shared house which i just hate when i got back i just i was really sure like i'm finally ready like i want to move into my van Um, I was so happy on the road and I just found it really easy, like so much easier than I have done in the past and not just easy but actually super enjoyable and how I actually want to live and as soon as I got back pretty much I just started clearing out all my stuff, I was like right this is it, I'm moving in but the problem is my MOT runs out in a couple of weeks time and I kind of, I'm just really worried that it's going to come back as, you know, some disaster and that's like got me in a real limbo land because I just, I'd love to just move into my van and just go for it right now but I'm just so scared about the MOT so what I've decided to do is just get the MOT done like next week basically now Um, but I've I am so terrified about like what the results are going to be because I'm pretty skint as well but I'll just have to wait and see and hopefully it'll be okay so yeah that is stressing me out a bit I really miss just like waking up in the morning and looking at the map and being like oh where am I going to go today but hopefully I will be able to do that soon so cross all your fingers and toes for me everyone and um, hopefully next episode I'll be able to tell you that it well I know it won't pass but you know it's still on the road and um, yeah we'll just have to see so that's all my news really now I'd like to talk to you about this episode so I'm really excited about this episode it was so much fun to do I had the absolute pleasure of chatting with my two lovely friends Tash and Mandy all about Nomadland which was a film that was released in 2020 and it got loads of attention so the film as we talk about is it's all about kind of van life it's about a woman a a solo woman in her van so it was really nice to talk about the film with them and see what they found relatable what they liked what they didn't like if you haven't seen the film I believe you can stream it on Disney plus it's on YouTube Google Play 
and Amazon Prime to rent. So there's lots of places you can see it. I have to say, after we recorded this episode, I did actually watch it again. And after I kind of knew what to expect a bit more, I really enjoyed watching it again. So it's one of those films that you could watch twice and get a really good experience from doing that. Yeah, so without further ado, here is our chat all about Nomadland. So I'm here with Tash and Mandy to talk about Nomadland. Hi guys. Hi. Hello. So I just thought I'd start with asking you to introduce yourselves. Um, so Tash, do you want to go first and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So hi, I'm Tash. Um, and I basically sold my house back in March 2019. And I travel full time in my motorhome with my husband, John, and our three cats. Amazing. And Mandy? Hi, my name's Mandy. I've got a very similar story to Tash. My husband John and I sold our house in December 2019 and decided to try and tour the world in a motorhome with with our dog Cooper. I didn't get very far because of Covid so we're Mm. we're just hoping that we're going to get a bit further this this year um, and obviously years to come and and carry on doing lots of travelling. So Nomadland is a 2020 American drama movie and it's based on the book of the same name by Jessica Bruder. It was directed by Chloe Zhao and it stars Frances McDormand as Fern who is the main character. It's won tons of awards including Best Picture, Best Director and Best Actress for McDormand at the Academy Awards and it also won Best Motion Picture in the drama category and best director at the Golden Globe. So it's been really successful. The story is about Fern who leaves her hometown after her husband dies and the sole industry closes down in that town and she becomes a van dwelling working nomad. So Tash, did you enjoy the film? If I'm brutally honest, I, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. But I think it is the filming style. It's that kind of cut and shut filming style. And I I must admit, it didn't keep my attention. And Mandy, what about you? I think it's a little bit the same. I I thought the film was very interesting. And there was parts of it that really did grab my attention. But I thought it was just a little bit too... And people were asking me about this (laughs) this day. A little bit dreary. And, and I think it's, Tasha's got right with the, the filming style, but I think that they need, in, in my opinion, I think they needed it like that a little bit. Yeah, I also struggled to enjoy it. I was kind of excited about there being a film about like a woman in a van and I had like totally different expectations. I wasn't expecting it to be so kind of colourless, but like the same as you, Mandy, I also did find some parts in it that I really super related to which I really liked. That brings me on to actually themes of Nomadland. So the the kind of main theme in my opinion was obviously like death and dying which was a bit depressing <laughs> but I thought we could focus on the more like van life and nomadic kind of themes. So the first one I thought which I picked up on was the importance of friendship and community. Mandy, can I ask you, do you agree with that? And and how has community factored in your life living in your van? Community in the, in the van, the community that we found is, is like nothing that we thought we'd ever find. Um, you know, we already knew people who had vans because we'd been camping for weekends and and we've been for things but we didn't understand exactly how big and how wonderful it is um and how we've only scratched the surface and you know we've probably met one percent of of the the van life community that's in the UK if we're lucky you know these um it is just wonderful and if what we found is to be um, given as a as an example of of everybody else that's there, then um, then there are some amazing pockets of van life communities that to, to be found out there. I'm sure. Um, I did see exactly that in the film, though. That was one of the things, especially when they went to the um, 
the rubber tramp rendezvous and I think that was um for her first feeling of community within the van life and um and getting involved in everything the workshops that they had and and just meeting everybody there but also at the end when when everybody left and then you're left like a bit empty and, and sad and and that still happens to us now you know you go to these massive weekends I mean Stratford was absolutely amazing and we met so many people but then when we left even though we were still with friends when we left it was like this this little bit of a not wanting it to end and feeling very sad that, that it had to end and you had to move on to, to the next thing that transient nature of fun life I suppose but but yeah I do think it's very important I also felt like so emotional watching that like I could totally relate to that when she turned up at that place and she's like discovering this new community like yeah that was amazing and Tash what about you yeah you know the the community that we found sometimes I still sort of pinch myself a little bit that I've finally found a community and not just any community one that is actually a pleasure to be a part of and it's funny you're saying about um you know when she first arrived you know she arrived there and obviously they were sort of doing these workshops and they were giving all this advice and obviously because I've recently acquired my own camper van so that I can go off and do separate things whilst John is working and obviously staying in one place in our own motorhome I think I appreciated that on a new depth because obviously when I first joined the community I was part of a couple and I've come to this event I'm at this weekend by myself and I was just thinking I wonder how different it would have been if I'd have come here by myself for the first time rather than as a couple would I you know how how would that have made me feel because obviously she goes to that place they they run workshops they help her don't they they kind of give her this these skills this this kind of class on you know the the way of life and uh, yeah that I I watched that from a different element I think because obviously the the new things that I've recently done in the last week since going out on my own so that community is so important so important I I was interested actually to talk to you guys because obviously I'm like a woman on her own whereas you guys are in couples and I was wondering I I wonder if that would affect um how we kind of viewed that but yeah that's that's quite cool that you get that new perspective on that and I would say myself like if I had when I went to Stratford you guys were so kind and friendly to me like and as someone on their own that was so like I valued that so much and also what I liked about what Fern did is like she brought that energy with her then like she learned that and she was like you know giving people coffee and like she gave that guy a sandwich and like she got into that whole mindset of like helping each other and like the kindness of strangers and all that kind of thing um and I would say like that is so relevant to like the UK van life community it's a really kind community of people that like want to help each other because it is a difficult life sometimes yeah um sorry if I was just gonna say actually it's funny you said about the sandwich because I I thought about that because this weekend alone obviously I've been here for two days on my own and funnily enough yesterday when I was walking uh, back through the vans um, the van next door to me because I was looking to go and get something to eat and the van next door to me the the guy just made himself a BLT and he gave me his BLT he goes oh he said to me do you want the, do, you, do you want my sandwich I said no don't worry I'm going to get myself some dinner and he goes no don't worry and he gave me his sandwich so actually I'm really it's really funny that you mentioned about that because when I was watching it maybe earlier today it made me think of that I thought that and it's it's that exact kindness that I don't think I've it was a bit alien at first I don't know if Mandy would agree but it was so alien at first I think when you first come into the community and everyone is so willing to help you um like I don't know if you remember if you remember Mandy when we first met in Stevenage and we didn't know any of you guys and there was a couple of others there and before you know it we managed to all whip up a dinner everyone just brought something to the table and we just had this massive dinner like a big potluck wasn't it we were all so much food and and everyone just decided at that point that that we were all just going to pitch in and and everybody because some people had more than others so it was a case Mm. of well we're not going to sit and and have that so we'll put everything together and we can all share instead and uh and it was was wonderful and it was the best way to actually get chatting as as well Mm. wasn't it yeah it was incredible and it's one of those things that you see in a film 
you know, giving the food out and stuff, you might think, oh, that doesn't really happen. But it really does. And it's incredible. It really is. It really is. Now I have a van and like now I've experienced that kind of kindness. The other day I was like parked up and I made a massive pad tie. It absolutely stank my van out. It was a massive mistake. But um, yeah, I made this pad tie and um, I had a bit left over. And like there was a guy in his van right next to me and I was just like, oh, mate, do you need some dinner tonight? Because I've got extra. And like, I just would have been too shy or or scared to do that before. But now I'm like, no, that's how we all support each other. And that's the world I want to live in. So I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those things, isn't it? Because you never know. You never know if somebody needs food or somebody needs the offer of food, the friendliness of that there, the feeling that they're not on their own. And sometimes, even though they might have already eaten, just the fact that you've asked them could have made their day entirely. And it, I think it's that thing, isn't it? It's the being part of something bigger, I think, is one of the biggest things I find is is wonderful. Mm. Yeah, sorry, again, just to interject, I like that, part, being part of something bigger. I think um, a lot of people band around sayings like, oh, you never know what someone's going through and stuff. But like you say, when you just do that without thinking, like you show that kindness, um, it's true. You never know what that person's going through. Um, and you, like you say, you could have just made their entire week just by offering them a cup of tea or, you know, or, or like offering to help. We've got a friend of ours who uh, she's in a van on her own and she travels. And uh, I remember we met up with her in Scotland. We briefly left uh, Mandy and Co. And we went off for a couple of days. And it was something as simple as she had a bulb out. And I think we happened to have a spare one that fit. And so literally what she was going to go to Halfords and do or go to wherever and try and get someone to do for her. John did for her because obviously he's a, you know, he's a mechanic by trade. He literally did it for her in like 15 minutes. And, you know, that made that made her entire like week because she's like, well, I don't have to go elsewhere now. I don't have to worry about being pulled over now. I don't have to find someone to fix it for me when I'm in the middle of, you know, I don't know where. And again, it's something so simple to John. That's nothing for him because he does that every day. But just by doing that, it was, yeah, it was amazing. It's just so lovely. And I think um, the couple of weekends ago at the meetup we were at there, which is the, the whole reason for that meetup is for people to help other people with their van. So people can bring along all the parts and bits that they need. And if there are, pe- there are people there that have done one build, people there have done 10 builds, people there that just are handy in general or people that are just helpful in general I think it didn't really matter but Mm. everybody was there and would quite happily pitch in and do anything else I mean Will's bed broke so John just went and fixed it there was a woman who nobody had met before um, and Alex ended up fitting an entire floor for her in a van and that you know none of it was planned for, for for things like that and I just think it's amazing I've never never seen anything like it before and it seems like going going off the film if they've got their examples from somewhere because I know that the in the film one thing I loved was that I think it was like 90% of the people in it were actually van dwellers weren't they they were actually the people so is it Linda May is Linda May and she lives in a van um yeah and I thought that was one of the most amazing parts of it because how do you get the feel and you know the the director that was there at the time must have been bouncing off these people to make sure they got the feel of it right and and to make sure that they they, they put the right view on on everything and people being so helpful so it must be worldwide or at least in america as well that mm. that thing happens too so it's nice to know that it must just be a, an example of the kind of people that live in a van rather than it being situational or, or per country or whatever it's just the kind of people that that do this isn't it mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I must admit, I know I said I didn't necessarily enjoy it and stuff, but you know, there was a lot of elements that I, I did really enjoy. And I think, Mandy, what you've just said, that was one of them, is that actually majority of the people she comes into contact with and who we see her with, um, they are also van dwellers and they're there for a multitude of reasons. You know, when they first go around the around the circle and you've got people of all different, you know, I'm trucking, I'm RVing and etc. And I think it's brilliant because for me that is a reflection certainly of the community that I'm in you know with a multitude of different reasons and different people yeah and I I think one of my one of my (laughs) favorite quotes no no go the whole (laughs) film um and it was about that where people were saying why they're doing what they're doing and there was the woman oh god what was she called like Beryl or something oh I should know this Um, yeah uh, and she said that she worked with a guy who was just about to retire 
and he had liver failure and he worked out his retirement thing but he never get he never got to sail his boat after retirement because he died first and she turned around and said she lives in a van because she doesn't want her sailboat to be left in the driveway when she's dead mm. oh sorry i'm just going to interject that bit actually i did get a little bit emotional because i just thought you know for us one of the final sort of catalysts to make us say actually yeah, we want to do this was obviously having uh, not one but i think three people pass away in the space of about four months and uh, and exactly what you've you just said mandy what that lady said was kind of what spared us on we're like we don't want to wait because you you can plan for something for 40 years and then it could all go wrong at the last minute and then you've missed out so yeah, yeah. And that's like with, with, you know, John's mum and dad, they paid a ton into their pension to tra- make sure that they could go travel the world when they retired, but they're both too poorly to leave the house. Mm. You know, it, yeah. it's, it is just so such a tragic thing to see, but mm. one of the best um, instigators of, of making you make that decision sooner, as soon as, it's, as soon as you can do the thing that scares you, but it's something that you want to do at the end, just, just get it done. Yes, and that's what I'm loving, actually, because obviously where this this summer has sort of opened up for us all again, so we can get to meet and shows and events. And obviously there's a lot of new people joining the community. Um, And it's quite interesting that the theme is normally the same, isn't it, nowadays? It's like, oh, we've realised that life's too short or, you know, we've watched your videos or we've read your story and we're like, yeah, we don't want to wait. And and yeah, I think, um, yeah, like you say, I think it's wonderful. I love it because I feel like, yes, let's get more people out and about not you know not sort of waiting and just getting out and doing it because I really think you don't know what's around the corner so I think it's wonderful that people are taking the plunge I really do and also that it seems that even on the film as well people are wanting to stick it to the man there's still the thing there where they're saying you know oh you've you've conditioned all your life to uh, for them they were saying you know to to go for the dollar the whole time and it's just about what you can get and and money 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 the whole time whereas it really isn't life is way too short for that what I really liked about their conversations, especially some of the people, you know, were dying or ill or had like mental health problems. They were using their nomadic lifestyle to like heal themselves. Another thing that came up quite a lot and what they all used was the healing power of nature. Tash, firstly, have you found your relationship to nature and outside has changed since you went full time into your van? Oh, I would say 100%. Like, it sounds really stupid, but you never would have caught me out barefoot um, before. You know, like just in the garden, not every, you know, not out and about every day. But now, like even today, you know, we're in the field, the sun's shining, and I've just found myself taking my my flip-flops off and just, yeah, it sounds really corny, but just, you know, that barefoot, that connection, that grounding, it really is there. And I think there are so many more things that I appreciate now. Like, for example, um, you know, a day out now for us doesn't have to actually be going to a place. It could literally be finding somewhere nice to park up and then just going for a walk in your surroundings, be it a town, a village, a field. And just I noticed that I'm paying so much more attention to what's actually around me. You know, even in my hometown when we went back to visit and I noticed things that I hadn't noticed in the entire 30 odd years that I've lived there. And I think it's because my like my relationship is definitely better now because I just take that time to really, you know, look, not look for things, but I notice things so much more. So I would say that's a big yes for me. I'm definitely, I feel a bit more in tune with it all now, I think. And what about you, Mandy? Same question. Oh, absolutely. I think having Coop as well, so the, there's no getting away with needing to go out Um <clears throat> during the day obviously that was the same at home when we had the house but that was the same park three times a day you know the only mix-up really was the fact that we'd go in and go left in the morning and we'd go right in the evening and then freestyle it in the middle of the day so it was the same things you know it was lovely we loved going out and doing that but now the ever-changing scenery is is amazing and the just the bits of I've got so interested in I mean if you'd have told my old self that I would have an app that would tell me all the plant species and the different types of dragonflies and damselflies that you can find and how excited I'd be if I got to see two red kites in a day or um, knew what a reed warbler sounded like and all of this has just been literally grabbing me and and getting me outside Um, you know we were the type of people on a hot day we'd sit inside the house because it would be cooler 
and the, and and it would just be that the whole time until we got the ban and it's just like why do that and, and as Tash said the the grounding effect of walking around barefoot at Willowfield during lockdown as soon as they allowed us to go onto the field that, that was it then it was shoes off for me the whole time and I'd find that everything was worrying me there'd be this tightness in my chest because obviously so uncertain with everything that was going on and the more I could feel the ground underneath my feet and hear the the wind rustling through the leaves the birds calling the all the general sounds of nature you could just feel my chest just loosening up and that worry just dissipating and, and going away and I, I never thought that I'd be I was always like nature okay you know it's nice it looks nice as you're driving past it but that would literally be it for me. So it's been a massive game changer for me though. Right now, I'm the fittest and the happiest I've ever been. And I put that down to the fact that I go in my van, I park up somewhere and then I go swimming. And because it's the most entertaining thing, because you don't want to just sit in your van. You're like, oh, there's a world outside and I can see it and I don't have to walk too far (laughs) to get there or drive anywhere. So I'm going to go for it. Um, And I, yeah, it's totally changed my my life and yeah oh my god the red kites are amazing i saw some in oxfordshire like just after the overland show they're so amazing oh my god no they are absolutely (laughs) brilliant and and again with the friend thing i mean meeting em and lou amongst everybody else but lou is is this wealth of information because she's a a nature photographer and i'd never have the chance to sit down and chat with somebody like that who would tell me all of these things that's really good to know about things in nature so the two collide quite well I think in in lots of times because I would never be sat around anybody that would be able to tell me all of that stuff in my I sit around accountants and IT people on my daily basis so (laughs) you know it's just it it expands your world like you would never believe. Just to link it in with the movie that's one thing that I really liked is that it showed fern in all these natural settings and you could tell that like it was changing her life like the fact that she was outside and floating in rock pools and going to the beach and going for walks and going to like national parks and all that it's like was part of her healing journey which was really nice this might be a funny one because you guys obviously travel in couples but um one of the main other themes that i thought came up was loneliness and isolation I thought that was quite a big theme and I kind of felt like maybe the director was trying to suggest that there is a lot of loneliness and isolation in in Fern's life I what do you what would you say about that Mandy I think that there was a certain part I think there's a part in the film where um Fern and Linda May were working as the camp supervisors in that small campground and Linda May had to go off and and do her own thing and they stood there and and they were having this big old hug it's like when me and Tash leave to get to be honest with you so (laughs) generally that's what that looks like (laughs) yeah Um, and um and I could feel that in my chest it felt I could feel how lonely she was feeling because of that and and then I think the, when the film cut away, she was walking again in nature and, and you could feel the loneliness through the, through the screen. And I do think, because there's lots of bits, especially when Dave leaves as well, he goes to stay with his family. Um, and after spending so much time with him and working with him, and then again, it cut to the going and, and walking around. I think it was in Arizona with all the rocks and the sand and... And again, it, it was just hitting you straight in the in the solar plexus, just right there with how much that must be different for when she's around people and, and when she's not. I kind of saw it one or two ways. You could feel the loneliness in there. But then I think sometimes you can only experience that kind of loneliness by knowing incredible friendship as well. I don't think that the tearing loneliness is, is possible without knowing what you're missing. I'm with you on that because obviously as we're lucky enough to experience that friendship like you say every time you know Mandy you and I obviously leave somewhere and we kind of have that that hug I think yeah until you've experienced it you probably don't know what that loneliness is like because the other thing that I found interesting was obviously she'd lost her husband so not only is she embarking on this kind of um this journey on her own but she's never done this journey with someone else as well so I wonder if like you said until you've experienced it 
do you really know what it's like I guess I'm looking at it because obviously like I've just started experiencing on my own so obviously I've got a complete con you know a contrast now as to what it's like embarking on the journey with somebody and then embarking on that journey without somebody and yeah I think you're absolutely right Mandy I think unless you've experienced both you don't really know what you're missing Okay, so today I'm telling you guys about Fetcher Chocolates. Fetcher Chocolates is an independent, female-owned business that sells luxury, handmade, vegan chocolate. Fetcher Chocolate is the perfect gift for special occasions and something that everyone can enjoy. It's dairy, gluten and soy-free, so great for allergy sufferers, but also for anyone. I mean, this chocolate is so good, you don't have to be vegan to enjoy it. There are classic flavours such as milk chocolate mousse and golden salted caramel, but also Fetcher Chocolates offer seasonal flavours too, so they're always coming up with new exciting recipes for you to try. The packaging can all be recycled as paper, so there's no plastic in sight, and Fetcher also plants trees to offset the packaging, so it's an eco-friendly choice as well. Fetcher Chocolates are offering listeners of this podcast 10% off with promo code WHEEL. Enter promo code WHEEL at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your order. Yep, that's 10% off. So go on, go to fetcherchocolates.com and get that chocolate in your life. You will not regret it. That guy who ran the Rubber Tramp rendezvous, he said there's no final goodbye and, and it's yes, always I'll, I'll see, see you down the road I'll see you down the road yes yeah, oh, I love lo- that term so, sorry yeah I didn't mean to talk over them but I love that as well I thought that was you know that was beautiful and again you I really felt that because I I know that and I feel very lucky to know that it's almost like they're sort of portraying that loneliness and isolation but then for me in my experience and also my own personal experience sometimes you actually want that alone time so it's just a case of they're portraying it one way but at what point does it become what you need and what you want and you know what's what's the product of it it's it's a bit of a tricky one isn't it because I know just as many people on their own in vans as I do that are in couples um so yes it's interesting because like you say I think the healing journey I do think that's something you need to do on your own you know like obviously build the friendships along the way as a support network so like I say when she's in those surroundings and that I think that's something you kind of have to do on your own. I don't know. No, I think that's really true. That's that's actually, yeah, I wanted to say, like, I, maybe I was just assuming it was lonely, but maybe it wasn't because, I mean, obviously she's just been through quite a massive, like, trauma. But, like, you know, when you're out in nature, that you, you are being, like, held by nature. You're not alone. You're you're being held by the sea and the trees and and everything like more than you would be if you were just like sat in a house somewhere it's like fern was saying about her husband though because she said that she a sister couldn't understand why she stayed in empire so long after her husband had died and then at the end of the film she was saying she that um that if she just left if she just left and moved on it would be like he never existed so she was experiencing a totally different kind of loneliness without actually moving anywhere anyway because she was in the same house doing the same job but without a husband and that she said was tearing you know she felt loneliness then but without changing anything and then maybe getting away from that and experiencing it in a different manner the loneliness away from where what everything that she knew might have been like say something that she needs a little bit but so for me like the most relatable part of the whole film as someone who is very nomadic and very independent and kind of a bit stubborn and also someone that has experienced loss and ever since then has actually struggled with goodbyes. When she visits her friend Dave at his family's house where he's decided to settle down and look after his um, grandkid and they're all sat around the dinner table and the family really welcome her and they make it very clear that she's more than welcome to stay. And then there's a scene where she's like sat on the stairs looking through the banister, watching Dave and his son play the piano. And she's just looking at them. And I just knew exactly what was going to happen. I was just like, she's got to go. It's time. Like, she's got to go. Like, she misses her van. And I just knew, like, that she would go. And then, and it hit me so hard. And then 
the next scene when she was on that windy like cliff on her own I've never related so hard to something I've ever seen before in my life. I was like, that is me. That, I just know this woman, like, so deeply. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's how I felt in that scene. Like, I just, I just knew her. Like, it was incredible to see that. That made me so emotional, actually, to see. You know, when you, you know, you have a van, you're kind of in and out of other people's houses and you don't really belong there. You know, it's a bit like that as well, I think. Yeah, I was like, you almost feel like a bit of an imposter. Like, it, well, maybe not, maybe imposter's a strong word, but yeah, you're in and out of people's houses and they want to do so much for you and make you welcome and all that. But you're just like, this isn't me. This isn't where I need to be or where I want to be. And people don't always understand it, do they? But, There's always a yeah. slight assumption that there always is something that you need because you live in a van. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's all just so wonderful and helpful and you cannot fault the people at all. But yeah. you've spent half of the time getting everything right for yourself in your van to get everything yeah. that you need there, that you don't need anything else. But, you know, not the basics anyway. What you need is to go in and, and sit down and have a brew with people and and that's yeah. just it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, this wasn't going to be my scene, actually, but you've just made me think of that part, you know, at the beginning where she's talking about, um, I can't remember the lady's name. It's not it's not swanky, it's the other one. Uh, where she's in the van and she's saying, oh, so what did you need in your van? And she's showing her the little touches. And like you say, she's got like her mm. husband's old um, fishing box. And she's, oh, yeah. uh, adjust, you know, she's adjusted it so that when she pulls it down, it creates a table. And, and I was like, that's so cool because you do, like you said, Mandy, you spend so much time or you, you put the thought into these little touches. And as well-natured as people are, you, you know, you put that time in to make it that way. And do you know what I mean? And that when you said that, that's what made me think of the fishing box. That really stuck out to me, actually, the fishing box. It's a little bit of her husband, and it's something that makes her life easier. Like me and my kitchen roll holder. Literally a plastic kitchen roll holder. I'm sure no one understands, but for me, it literally changed my life. <laughs> because it's just <laughs> one of those things that makes my life in a van easier that I've chosen to put in. And it's brilliant. And I think it's just funny how sometimes people forget that you put just as much into your van because it is your home as you would if you were to furnish your house. Tash, were there any parts of this film or were there any scenes that, like, you could relate to? Yeah, so, I mean, like I say, there was quite a few and obviously the first, I just picked the first one that popped to my mind was, um, it, again, it's quite near the beginning, but it just took me back to, um, you know, sort of maybe in the first year of our journey when people said, oh, you know, are you really doing this? Are you really doing this? When she's in that... Um, the sports I think she's got that net on her head <laughs> and that that lady you know that she knows bumps into her and says uh, hi so are you still doing the van thing and she's like yeah yeah no I'm good and then they she sort of looks at her and then her I think it's her daughter comes back over doesn't she the lady's daughter and says like oh mum says you're homeless and again it's that and she actually quite rightly says well I'm, I'm not homeless I'm just houseless and that really stuck out to me because it reminded me of the, you know the beginning of our journey people told us we were silly to sell our house and then after about six months like oh so you're going to get another house and and even now two years down the line you know that's why we invested this money in my camper because we realized we don't want a house you know and I think people it takes them a while to get their head around that because they sort of can't appreciate that you're not homeless you know like we were just saying you've got all your homely touches you've done everything that's right for you um but people don't always get it so yeah when are you still doing that van thing that that sentence really uh really stuck out to me actually yeah because it's so that's so the kind of thing that happens isn't it like you bump into someone in a supermarket and they're like give you a little look as if they think you're some sort of like complete failure or something yeah, yeah exactly like you know even now when you're sort of doing something mundane like signing up for something and people go what you know, what do you do? Where do you live? And I go, well, I live I live anywhere and everywhere because I live in my van. And they're like, what? And then, yeah, this whole this whole conversation opens up, which is great because I love talking to people about it. But, yeah, like you say, it's there's this perception of, oh, OK, you, you, you don't have a house. It, I don't know what to say to this. <laughs> it's the, oh, really? That I yeah, get yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, no, it's, oh, really? You know, it's exciting. Yeah, exactly. It's a, um, and, yeah, and when you say you've got animals with you, they're like, really 
Like, <laughs> what? I was like, yep, everything we do in a house, we can do in a van, except we can take it with us. And it's brilliant. So, <laughs> and Mandy, how about you? Was there any part of it that you really related to the most? The little bits where she has, you know, she's in a petrol station and um, the woman comes up and she goes, oh, no, 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 I've checked and it's okay. I've asked them and they've said, it's okay for me to stay here for the night. And the woman comes up and said, oh, yes, I know, I know. Um, it's just that, you know, there's a church down the road. And she's just like, no, no, I'll, I'll be fine in the van. Um, and then the knock where she's, you're not allowed to park here overnight. And it's that that I think is a fund- fundamental part of the being in the van and the trying to find suitable places to stay, mm. which I think is, is the one thing that we spend the most time and effort doing is to try and make sure that we, you know, we're staying where we're not going to get those knocks on the door. And... Um, and that we are in places where we're allowed to be because it means you can relax. I mean, she was just doing the housework and it looked like she was just sorting out the, the van at the, at the station, but still being sort of challenged by doing something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that knock, I think we could all like feel that in our souls. Did you know when you could sort of sense it was coming and you're like, I know that, yep. I know that feeling. Yep. You know, when you get that knock, especially when you are literally in the middle of doing something, because you're just trying to go about your business. You know, you're not you're not bothering anyone or anything. So, yeah, I, I, you're right. I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> so there's a part where she gets uh, some sort of me- mechanical failure. Um, she breaks down. She goes to the mechanics and she has to pay like to get the van repaired and the mechanic saying like oh that's basically half the value of your van um I think you should buy a new van and she's obviously saying like oh you don't really understand like how valuable this van is to me and obviously it's really obviously really stressful for her to like have to talk about that but also just to pay for the repair so I wanted to ask you guys have you ever experienced any sort of like catastrophic breakdown and if not how do you think this situation would affect you i think the biggest thing with our previous van to this one we were um driving down some very dark country roads and um there was a big flood and there were no signs for it so we hit this flood at 60 miles an hour which ripped off um all of the pipe work from underneath our van left it all floating in the middle of this horse mucky yucky puddle and we lost all of our water so we were on our way I think we were actually on our way to France at that point but we're seeing some friends on the way and that just felt like it was going to be this big change because we didn't know if we even still had tanks underneath the van it had ripped off the gas so at that point there was no water no gas and you know what it's if you can't do anything um without that it turned out thankfully to be um, nothing quite as bad as that but then we also managed to find the goodness of people because we found a petrol station and there was a woman who gave us access to loads of things to help us try and figure out what was going on with the van but I think that's probably been the most impactful one of the things we, we've, we've always um if we haven't got savings then we um um have visa cards with reasonably big balances on because we figure if we haven't got it now then we can pay it back eventually you know it's it's one of those things I think that's our little fallback for just in case anything like that was to happen in a, in a bigger way and Tash what about you have obviously we're all like touching wood while we're talking about this have you ever had any like big breakdowns that kind of made you think oh my goodness this lifestyle is a little bit more fragile than you know bricks and mortar yeah I mean we um to be fair our van life journey if you like kind of started off like that really so just just a quick bit of background so obviously we sold our house and uh, we already had a motorhome uh, which is the one that we're in now but we were actually being loaned one as part of uh, a part of a travel blogging scheme uh, via uh, one of the manufacturers so but that van wasn't ready so we moved out of our house into our own van and then two weeks later we moved into the new van the new van had a problem straight from the dealer which we didn't find until I was staying in it on my own the first night. We were parked side by side because we were moving vans. So we literally, within a week or within two weeks of us moving out of our house, we had this brand new van that we'd just finished moving into. It had a big problem. So we then had to take it to the dealer and the dealer said, oh yeah, you'll have to drop it with us this day. And And we said, no, you're not listening. We live in it. We can't just drop it off at the drop of a hat and leave it with you. 
because we live in it and they couldn't get their heads around it so thankfully we obviously we were very lucky we had our own van that was going to be put into storage so we then had to move back into our own van send the new van off to the dealer where they had it for two weeks and they couldn't find a problem and then eventually they did but they had to wait for parts so obviously for us we'd just sold our house so at that time obviously we were very lucky that we had our own van but of course you know if we hadn't have done it's one of those situations where very early on we were like okay we need to think about backup plans because you know if that was to happen again what do we do you know what if we're on the road and that happens um you know same for servicing and mot's so uh, a bit similar to mandy really we we sort of have you know a little pot but we also have a credit card you know with a sort of quite a high limit on it because exactly same as what mandy said we figure if we can't afford it at the time you get it sorted and then you figure out later because at the end of the day getting back up and running is the important part um you know we've got we've got plans in place now so for things like servicing mot and big maintenance jobs we uh we tend to put some aside and stay in a static for the week for example so that you know we don't have to have that van back until it's completely sorted so we're not having to because we've had friends that we know of that have broke down on the road and they've had to live on the forecourt of the garage you know the, the van goes in to be fixed then it stays in the car park they live in it in the car park and and all those things like but the one thing i will say is that all the things that scare you before you take the plunge you you can over plan and you can think about it but actually when you're on the road you have no choice but to deal with it and you come up with all sorts of creative ways that you never would have thought of if you weren't in the situation to get around the situation um if if that makes sense i don't know mandy do you do you kind of understand where i'm coming from absolutely you know what i'm like i'm, a, I'm an um, eternal worrier so oh, i same, think i same. think i can overthink the heck out of everything you know by yeah. thinking about uh-huh. it enough it means i'm not going to be surprised when the situation arises and i think sometimes that is such a bad thing because you're thinking of all the things whether they're practical or not the only time yeah. you can ever actually figure out what is going to happen at that point is when it's actually happening because everything changes so quickly doesn't it so exactly and like you say you there's all sorts of things that you didn't think of in all your eventualities there'd be things that you never even thought of so dare you say such a thing I think of everything it's what I do best I'm the same though I I can overthink you know a packet of crisps I could overthink into oblivion do you know what I mean like and, and I think that was the biggest leap of faith I had to take was just thinking about all these scenarios and then saying do you know what if this, this and this happens, we just have to deal with it. I mean, you know, we've got an electrical fault on our main van at the moment that John's trying to sort. So he's having to put temp fixes in place just so we can drive it. Um, you know, and it's just those things you have to you have to work around. You just, like you say, you have to find a way. So it is daunting, um, but somehow you find a way through it. I, I couldn't even explain to you how you come up with it. You just have to do it when you're in that situation. I think one of the weirdest things yeah. when we were traveling with Daz one time when he lost his one of his wheels came off his van. And <laughs> sorry, we were talking about that about an hour uh, about an hour before I got on the call. Funny enough, that came yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> He's still got all four wheels on his van though. That's a very important thing. He ha- he has. I can confirm he has. <laughs> that's that's very good then. But um, but at the time, you know, the guys they both had. Uh, in, in, in our van and Daz's van, we had, I think there was three jacks between us. There was a load of tools. We had spare wheel nuts. There was um, all of the tyre fixing kits and, and all of this stuff. But what we didn't think is that it was going to happen coming down to a roundabout on a hill just before you got, you got to the roundabout in a massive hailstorm. So it was like all of the little bits of the, the things that you, you pack in the van that you think is going to help you if ever you have a problem with a wheel um nothing would work and it's it was situational so so the only thing that we could do then was go running up and down the main street for the little town we were in hoping we were going to find a garage that was open that lent us a trolley jack that we then dragged back to the van to be able to jack it up enough to get the wheel back on again and then I was running up main street picking up wheel nuts off the floor so you know it's one of those things how are you ever going to think that as something that you're going to have to deal with and that as a solution to that as it comes up it's just impossible isn't it you just have to literally go with the flow yeah and it also forces you to like probably stop worrying to a certain extent because you're like oh if I worry about everything that could happen I'm not gonna have any energy left for when things do go wrong that I didn't plan for because I've just been worrying about all the different 
hypothetical situations. So I think it probably does push you into the present as well, which is probably, well, it's always a good thing, isn't it? I think. Was there anything specific that you wanted to say that we haven't covered? I think they did get quite a lot of it really good. You know, I like the fact um, that they did use people who were, you know, like you said, they that whole introducing other people and why they do it. I, I thought that was really good because I wasn't sure if it was just going to focus on the one, you know, the main character and not actually explore other, you know, all the variety of people. Because for me, that's quite true to life. Um, but yeah, so, so we've already covered everything, um, I think, that I sort of noticed. So, But on that one as well, I thought it was such a valid scene in, in the film where everybody sat around the campfire and all mm. of the stories are coming out and everyone's saying about why they're doing it and the history of everything and, and all the things that they found useful, you know, hint, little hints and tips and then just general joking, just that camaraderie around the fire. That was just one of the biggest things. I think, I, I wonder why. I think it's probably the nature thing, isn't it? With mm. w- why everybody comes together around a fire. And um, and that's where all the, all the, all the everything from the intense chats to the, the bigger sing-alongs come in. You know, it's, um, I think that that in itself is just, it's like a really big thing that we never did before. You know, we never had a, a fire when we were even, you know, even when we had camper vans and caravans before you know we barbecue outside but they'd never be that it's the it's the van life thing the 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 enjoying life and the being in in the thick of it all around the fire that that is something i think is is inherent with the van life thing yes uh, yeah definitely definitely. agree with you there Mm -hmm. yeah the fire you know to me like that kind of represents that the tribal nature of of us as human beings and how important it is to belong to a, a tribe and a community and I think that is something that you don't see enough of like in the mainstream media like how beautiful a community it is and how lucky we are to be a part of that um, and how many beautiful moments are involved in in the van lifestyle. It's quite important what you're just saying about that that tribal element because I think there's probably a confusion um again sorry it seems to be going back to the same sort of theme I don't know if it's because I say it's relevant to my life at the moment so it's kind of putting things in different perspective um it's not just about wanting to be on your own I think it's the fact you get to be with people that you choose you know you have you really have that pull and I think that's something that maybe in everyday life you don't get because you spend a lot of time at work so you're around people that you didn't choose and if you find a friend fantastic but obviously with this kind of van life you know you're already going into an environment where you've already got a common interest so it's not about just that kind of needing of being alone and going back to nature it's the fact that you're with other people who feel the same so it's an even deeper bond there because you're all having that same feeling the being around other people doesn't necessarily mean that you're in the thick of it because you can sit around the fire and not say a word you can just sit and listen and just take in everything that's going on stare at the fire for an hour think that appeals to the introverted side of me that you know because I get peopled out quite easily and and I think that sometimes the the ability to come back to the van because you you take your house everywhere you go me and Tash say this all the time that it's so wonderful that Mm -hmm. we know that within you know 50 steps of where we are the majority of the time is our safe place that we can go Mm -hmm. and just take a breather and you know if things get a bit too much it's nice to have that little bit but you can still do it a lot of the time amongst all the people still because you just sit and listen because people have always got a story to tell there's always something going on so you don't have to be involved in it to be a a part of it Mm. oh I couldn't agree more and and again what you've touched on again I like you say we've talked about it before I totally echo it I think I have my safe space so if everything's a bit overwhelming or if I get peopled out I've always got my safe space with me and you can't put a price on that and I was just thinking actually what you were saying about listening I think again obviously I know the film was made like that but that scene where they are all sharing their stories and not a peek from anyone everyone is yes. just so engaged and because people listen to people you know because you've got no other distractions you know you're in nature you've got no other distractions around you because it was interesting as well there's no phones no no te- yeah. none of that stuff it was all no just, technology at all yeah, no te- yeah and I, I meant to uh, that's a just reminding myself of that point that was a really good point wasn't it because uh, and I know man you'll possibly agree with me on this but we also get a bit technology doubt don't we where we can't oh yeah there's many you know, times my phone's been slung in the back of the van and I've, I don't check yeah. it for the entire day yeah yeah 
because you just need that disconnect. And uh, I thought that was a, a really good point because even though we all have our, fire, our phones out around the fire, um, sometimes I do just leave my phone in the van and that, that disconnect and then you actually engage with people. Um, I really like the way that they did that as well. You know, there was no other, no other distraction then. Everyone was listening to everybody. So it kind of made everyone's story just that little bit more impactful because it, it, there was a focus on it. I thought that was really cool actually. Even, you know, even every time she is interacting with others and um, again, there is that non-technology. It's that kind of, you know, cause it's not set in the past. The option is there. So I like the fact that they've made it about the relationships and there isn't that big technology front on it. Because obviously the yeah. nature of the community we're in, as much as you do get all that, you do get a lot of technology. You know, there is normally someone walking around with a camera and there's normally these things. So, yeah, I think it was quite cool to get that element of to see it from that angle and think, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, we do have those moments. And to maybe remind myself to have them more and try and encourage others to have them more, I think. Yeah, I think that one some of some of the times that have surprised me most, and I, I've ended up sitting around a campfire or even during the day, just sat on a chair outside somebody's van. You know, the good thing about camping chairs is they're very, very portable, so you can just <laughs> literally go and set up camp wherever you want to. And yeah. I end up sitting there with this stupid smile on my face, just thinking, how did I get here? How mm. did I get to know these people who in my normal life I would never, ever have met? ever mm. you know these and it's not because of the, the kind of people I like to surround myself with because like you say work dictates a lot about that or you know if you've yeah. got kids then there's a lot of after school activity all of this stuff that everything's kind of driven yeah. for you without you choosing it yourself and um yeah and I find that I, I'm sat there thinking that thank god for this thing because yes you know how how would we ever have, have met the people that, that are in our lives at the minute and yeah. it's um I just find myself sitting there smiling I have to stop myself saying man think people are going to think you're crazy and not want to actually have you sat around them anymore if you just sit there grinning like a loo you know mm. yeah no but it's true isn't it and like you say when they show you those acts of kindness like I say just that guy giving me a sandwich yesterday and it made you know you just have like that exact moment you just said where you just smile and you're like oh my gosh this would this is crazy like how did I come into contact with these people and this guy that I've met all of about two times just gives me his lunch or you know and it's just like what it's crazy it's made me so happy to hear you guys talking about actually how important like this lifestyle is for everyone that's in it and how much healing and how much kindness and how much love and how much friendship is in it so I just want to thank you both for like sharing your lives with with people mm. well thanks for oh. inviting us on Kat it's been yeah. absolutely wonderful yeah sorry I was just gonna say the same thing like thank you so much for for inviting us on and for giving us this platform because you know I'm sure Mandy agree with me we could talk about this all day you know oh, because, yeah. um and it's funny because I was uh, I was part of a uh, a video uh for someone else uh, recently and it was all about the the bad things of band life and the funny thing was I didn't know what the video was about and because uh, nothing's perfect that's the thing you've, you've got to remind people that it's not all rosy no it's not but all this stuff that we're talking about is so worth it it totally overshadows any negatives you might have and the funny thing was she was like oh so what do you find I said I'm going to be a bit rubbish on this interview because I can't think of many because I've either ironed them out or they're just not really worth it in comparison to all the good things <laughs> you know so yeah I'm, I'm glad we're getting to share this as well and show people that it is totally worth it and it's amazing and it's good for your soul thank you so much Tash and Mandy for discussing this film with me and for um such a great chat so before we go if anyone listening would like to follow your adventures where can they find you we are John and Mandy on YouTube and on Instagram we are I've got to look at John for this one. John and Mandy UK. Yeah. Yay, I got that right. Hey, look at that. Uh, that's our joint account, which has got most of the travel stuff. And I'm also B Roll Mandy on um, Instagram as well. Yeah, so basically, you can find us under Life Beyond Bricks on YouTube, Instagram. Uh, Facebook and we have a I have a blog as well lifebeyondbricks.co.uk so across all those different platforms there'll be varying things you know about our travels and, you know about our, our time in the van about selling the house uh, about what it's like having cats on the road and we've also got a new Instagram uh, and TikTok account called Whiskers on Wheels which focuses purely on the cats being in the van how we how we achieved that hints and tips and things like that mm -hmm.
Thanks for listening to She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast. You can find She's at the Wheel on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to write to me, it's she's at the wheel at gmail.com. If you have a spare minute, please rate She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast five stars on iTunes as this helps other people find this podcast. See you next episode.